Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran in studio by phone. And we got a loaded show for you here today. We're going to be talking about the preseason getting cut down, uh, camp start date. So far it's in into July right now. Will that happen? A little chatter on Justin Simmons, and obviously he got the franchise tag. When will he sign? That's a big question. Speaking of signings, Cam Newton landed with the Patriots on a one-year deal. We'll assess that. And to close the show, looking at some alternative sources of revenue for the NFL, potentially in 2020, especially if they have to play games without fans or with limited fans. So Ryan, we'll start off right off the top. Reports coming down today. The preseason going to get cut from four to two games and something we probably saw coming, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, the only curveball in this is they're going to whack reportedly the first week and the fourth week. So that would be for the Broncos' home game against San Francisco and away game at Arizona. Um, It makes it makes one hundred percent sense, even if teams report on time uh, on or around July twenty eighth, because they haven't been on the field and there needs to be an acclimation period. And you know, this gives this gives teams. Let's say the Broncos. Let's say they report to camp July twenty eighth. Um, their scheduled preseason opener now would be August 22nd. Okay, that's a solid four, three, to, three and a half to four weeks where you can get guys on the field, get them conditioned, and put on some pads and use that game to uh, you know get going. The only other thing, okay, do they keep that game there or do they move it to the to the next week where then they would have a full month of training camp as I'm thinking about this as I'm talking, which is always a dangerous proposition, Kyle. I know from sitting you say next to me at NFL games. Very Digressing. dangerous. Yes. Digressing. Um, this I mean the only reason preseason games are on the schedule is as part of the season ticket package. If the NFL decides they're not gonna have fans of preseason games, there's no point in having any fans. Uh, there's no point in having any games. So, you know, use that time to, you know, practice against each other, find out a testing protocol, you know, um, safety measures, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, frankly, if this works out, you know, they might as well go to two preseason games in perpetuity because uh, you're going to have that 17th game start most likely in 2021. Yeah, that shortened preseason had been lobbied for before, like you said, Ryan, with the expansion of the regular season schedule by a game. So be interesting to see how that affects the Broncos here this fall as they're trying to get in a rhythm ahead of Drew Locke's second season. And right now the camp start date is supposed to be on or around July 28th. Now, Ryan, you know, based on who you're talking to, your sources, are we on schedule to hit that on time and get camp started, especially as we're seeing some coronavirus spikes around the nation here? Yeah, and you know, two weeks ago I would have said, hey, uh, things are trending in the right direction. But the, but the offshoot of Memorial Day weekend and you know, some bars opening and people being stupid, uh, you've seen hotspots all over the country, specifically in California, Texas, Florida, Georgia. So, I mean, I'm still... You know, right now, everybody's planning on, you know, that, that reporting camp date. Now they have the preseason um, getting ready to be announced as just two games. You know, they're working back with the NFL is from September 13th, which is the first Sunday of regular season play. You know, what's the best course of action to get everybody healthy, ready to go, and, you know, uh, you know available so they can play in week one? 
Again, folks, First in Orange Podcast, Ryan O'Halloran alongside myself, Kyle Newman. Shifting gears here to our next topic on the show, Justin Simmons. And of course, the safety got the franchise tag, but he is one of five players as of earlier this week to not sign that franchise tender so far. Uh, now, of course, if he does sign that, that would guarantee his 2020 salary, which would be $11.45 million. Or the Broncos could try and sign him to a more long-term deal. What are the tea leaves reading like to you right now, Ryan? Well, I'm not surprised that there's not a long-term deal in place yet because Justice and his agents, Todd France, his thing is to take it as close to that July 15th deadline as possible. Well, I'm surprised that, I think there are some people in the league also about a surprise, is it, why is not Simmons signed the tag? Uh, it would guarantee him $11.45 million on the spot and... You know, it, it means you can report to camp on time. You, you look at the players who haven't signed their franchise tags yet. Chris Jones in Kansas City, he's disgruntled. Yanni Kagakwe from Jacksonville, he wants to be traded. That leaves Shaq Barrett from Tampa Bay. He said he's going to sign his tender. And then Cincinnati receiver A.J. Green. You know, the Simmons-Broncos marriage appears to be a good one. And I don't expect that to change. But, you know, if I had to lay a couple bucks down right now, I would say that he's going to play this year on the tag for a couple reasons. One, nobody's doing extensions around the league right now because they're trying to project what the revenues are going to be with a stadium that's totally empty or maybe has 10,000 fans in it. That's going to affect their bottom line. Right. You know, but if I'm Simmons, I, I would be pretty forceful in telling my representation, hey, let's, if, if we feel that's a good long-term offer, do it now. Here's why. We don't know what the cap's going to be next year. It, 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 at the very least, it's going to be flat. It may go down if they play, if they play it by the rule of the law and it's and it's based on league revenues. That's going to impact his market value. Um, so, if, you know, if they offer him a deal that includes twenty five million dollars guaranteed, you know, he sh- he should sign it. I would advise him to sign it. But that's not how this game works. You know, I expect him to be in camp. Uh, you know, the first day. You know, play. You know, probably playing under the tag, and you know they had until that fifteenth of July, which is in two weeks, uh, to come up with a long term deal. But it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, urgency for that right now. We will surely be tracking that leading up to that July fifteenth deadline at DenverPost.com/slash/Broncos. Keep it tuned there for news on Simmons and other news on the football club as we move forward here with the offseason progressing towards hopefully the start of camp here at the end of July. And hey, speaking of contracts, Ryan, big news came in the NFL just recently. Cam Newton linking up with the Patriots on a one-year deal for the minimum. And quite the uh, quite the pairing it will be with Coach Bill Belichick up there, of course, after Tom Brady left to go to Tampa Bay. A new era in New England and uh, New England on Denver's schedule in 2020. So they'll get to see the uh, Cam Newton matchup again. And, of course, Broncos whooped Newton and the Panthers, at least the Broncos defense did in Super Bowl 50 to win that. So immediate thoughts, projections, Ryan, will Cam Newton make the Patriots competitive uh, and in the playoff picture? And, and will this spice up the, uh, the rivalry a little bit, you know, in the, in the days of Manning versus Tom Brady? Well, uh, I do think it's a good move. I think it does put them in contention, the AFC East, and it's a no risk deal. It's a one-year contract for a million bucks, you know, it's incentives can get up, get Newton up to seven and a half million. And what it reminded me of right off the hop was Ryan Tannehill's deal in Tennessee. You know, last year Tannehill signed a one-year deal, 
be Marcus Mariota's backup. He got his chance. He kept the job. He went to the AFC title game and signed a big money extension to stay in Tennessee. If you're Newton, the goal is simple. Reestablish your value. Show teams that you're healthy. He's been limited with the shoulder and the foot, and so he's had those repaired. He he played two games last year. Uh, The Broncos play Foxborough week five. I expect Newton to be starting by then. I'm not as in, I'm not as in, as quick of a rush to judgment to say Newton's going to start opening day because he's hasn't even been on the field or even had a playbook with the Patriots. He hasn't even signed his deal, so that's a tough tough ass to be ready that quickly. But you know, it does it does mean Von Miller tweeted about it on Tuesday. Hey, see you in Week Five, and obviously Miller and Newton have uh, have run into each other a couple times. And, but uh, you know, I think the key for Cam is. You know, getting into a getting into the camp with the Patriots and developing a rapport with all those receivers and tight ends. And you know, I said this in, in uh, Tuesday's paper. I said I give I give Newton credit. Um, he was looking for an automatic starting job. He was probably looking for a big money deal. Once he realized that wasn't going to happen, hey, the most important thing is to be with somebody. You can't skip seasons and, pre- and, pre- and pretend to still feel uh, pretend you still can be an elite player. Right. Um, Newton's thirty one years old. You know, these running quarterbacks maybe have a shorter shelf life, but uh, I think it's a it's a you know it's a good good decision by both team and player. Again, folks, October eleventh, two thousand twenty, circle it on your calendar, Broncos at Patriots, and it'll be a great Drew Locke versus Cam Newton showdown. Sure, lots of storylines going into that one. Final thing here on the show, Ryan is NFL revenue. And we touched on it just a little bit when talking about, you know, teams aren't running to dole out big money contracts, uh, multi-year contracts right now amid coronavirus and amid the projections of a season with without fans or with limited fans, uh, escalating fans perhaps throughout the season if coronavirus can subside here in the United States. But you touch on this in your uh, recent journal, I believe, Ryan, and just some ideas for alternative revenue streams for the NFL this year and perhaps starting with tarps uh, along the lower sections of the stadiums that could be seen on TV. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, that uh, you know, the team has been told they can do that, or are going to have to do that, excuse me. First, first eight rows of the bleachers, they want to keep some distance from the players and the fans, which, come on, give me a break, it's whatever. But the decision's been made. They said you can sell those tarps, advertisements on those tarps, but you watch an NFL game, how often do you see the first row of bleachers? Right. You know, you barely do. You know, English soccer is doing it right now. And, you know, I can I'm, have the West Ham-Chelsea game on, and, and they have tarps with Umbro, Betway, another company. that So they're uh, selling money that, or selling ads that way. The NFL will try and do it, but if I'm a advertiser, I'm not sure I'm into that. I'm an advertiser. What I would be interested in is the jersey patch. And one reader emailed me today, ripping me for the idea. Well, thanks for reading at least. And uh, <laughs> but the NBA, NBA does it. The NHL should do it. Uh, baseball should do it. Uh, you know, the Nuggets have that Western Union patch. You don't even notice it, but it's a it's a money drawer. Um, so maybe it'd probably be too quick to turn around this year, but you know, a lot of teams do have a, a sponsorship on their jersey and practice for training camp, and the jersey jersey patch in games is the next logical step. 
So NBA, as you mentioned, they have that jersey ad. They introduced that in 2017. Nuggets inking a deal with Western Union. And in 2019, Sports Business Journal reported the patch generated $150 million or $5.172 million per team. So could certainly be some uh, further change in the pocket there for the NFL as they try and navigate this unprecedented season, surely. And, you know, talking to folks around the league, talking to Dave Logan, the Broncos play-by-play guy. He's hopeful there's going to be football as scheduled this year. Obviously, the schedule has been slightly, you know, altered in terms of the regular schedule would be in terms of a divisional play being put off until week seven or eight, right, Ryan? So what are your thoughts right now as we stand here on uh, opening of July? You think we're going to be playing football on time? Uh, yes. Um, so that for the Broncos, that means September 14th, Monday night against Tennessee Titans at home. You know, Colorado is, and they've seen an increase in cases, but nowhere near what's going on elsewhere around the country. Right. And, you know, I tend to be positive on this because it impacts so many people, ourselves included. Um, you know, you see some people on Twitter, they shouldn't play until there's a vaccine. Listen, you, know, you don't know when that's coming. That's just stupid. And it's probably because you're, you're financially secure. You can say whatever the hell you want. You know, a lot of people are counting on these games being played. That includes rookies, that includes veterans, coaches media so uh, i'm gonna keep a positive outlook on on september 14th i am also hopeful as well that we'll be there covering the broncos on september 14th i don't think there'll be fans in the stands which should make it very very interesting we're talking about baseball being played without fans football without fans whole nother animal so we'll we'll be keeping tabs on that just jump in on that for a second kyle as i talked to I think it was Andrew Beck. Yeah, it was Andrew last month. And, and I said, hey, you know, what would that be like? You played at Texas. So it was a huge stadium. You played in the Big 12. And he said that we're, he's going to notice the differences on road games because he says the the energy of an opposing crowd sort of, you know, really gets him going. But but then he also made a good point that, hey, once you break the huddle and you're lined up, you are you basically are, have tuned out the crowd. You're about your assignment what has to happen on that play. So, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, the more I, the, the more the events in the last couple of weeks, you got to think the NFL is leaning toward, hey, maybe you go the first month without any fans. And uh, if, 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 if the curve is flattened, um, you know, maybe you start letting some fans in. But from, let's look at it from my high status perspective. I think the biggest question is, I mean, this is 70,000 C stadium. They can socially distance 10, 15,000 fans. Okay. My thing is, how are you going to get them into the stadium? Because everybody listening, and Kyle, baseball, football, same thing. There's a bottleneck to get into the stadium in the last half hour before first pitch or kickoff. Right. How, how are you going to make that safe? Are you going to tell people you have to enter the stadium at time A, then the next next section has to enter at time B, that kind of thing. I think that's an easy, doable thing. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you know, think about this deal. The, the the perceptions and the opinions change by the week as the facts become more clear. And right now, there aren't a lot of clear facts, other than a lot of people have it. And so, uh, you know, what we can only hope for is that uh, when when the players report in late July, there isn't a widespread amount of cases amongst the ninety man roster. And gonna, there are going to be cases right away. It's important for fans and readers to not panic over that. Is 
get those guys tested. And what you don't want to do is, let's say you have three out of 90 or four out of 90 guys the first day of camp. What you don't want is that becomes 15 a week later. Right. Um, so that's where the precautions have to come in. So certainly lots of logistics to be worked out from a fan perspective, from a player safety perspective as we go forward here in the coming months. And of course, we'll be monitoring that at denverpost.com slash Broncos. Time remains on football side here as they got a couple months before the start of the regular season. And they are hoping, of course, as all football fans are, that coronavirus will subside and we'll be able to get in an NFL season. Appreciate you listening into the First in Orange podcast. This has been Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman signing off for myself and Ryan O'Halloran. Until next time, folks, take it easy.